This week on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, we travel to Holyoke, Massachusetts, a town of about 40,000 people just north of Springfield. Known as the birthplace of volleyball and where the Volleyball Hall of Fame is located. It's also where Alex Morse is mayor. At age 22, he was one of the youngest ever elected to public office. Now about to turn 30, eight years later, he's embracing the cannabis industry in his town, hoping to use the tax revenue to revive this former mill town just north of Springfield. He also joins me next on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. We are here on location in Holyoke, Massachusetts, actually in the office of the mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts, Alex Morse, and I'll be introducing you to him in just a moment. But a reminder, this podcast, once again, is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, and of course, a video recording is being made for distribution on the weedtube.com. CLNSmedia.com is our flagship website of the Cannabis Multimedia Network, and we are very, very happy to be in Holyoke, Massachusetts, bringing this to you. As always, In the Weeds is sponsored and supported by the Revolutionary Clinics, now with two locations in the greater Boston area, one on 110 Fawcett Street in Cambridge in the Fresh Pond area, and the other at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, as you know, that's where the patient comes first, and they have some of the best and most educated patient advocates that I've met in any dispensary in Massachusetts. And just so you want to get to know maybe one of these patient advocates a little bit better. Here's Sarah telling us a little bit about why she loves what she does. It's the best job in the world. Um, So I was fortunate enough to get to be a teacher and a social worker before this. And there is nothing like having patients come back and say, I feel better. There's nothing better than getting to relate to your patients on the bad days and be there on the good. We, uh, being a patient advocate is a very special position because you are a pharmacist, you also get to work with the general public, and we're dealing with sick and scared people. Uh, Medical cannabis, adult use is great. Medical cannabis is a gift. And getting to work in this field is an absolute honor. But now it is time to talk with his honor, the mayor, Alex Morse from Holyoke, Massachusetts. First of all, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for welcoming us not only into your town, but into your office. I love this here. Yeah, no, welcome to, welcome to Holyoke. We're always happy to host and glad you're in Holyoke today and talk about a really important topic. I appreciate that. And of course, um, one of the reasons why I am here is that you were one of the few public officials when question four Mm -hmm. that passed to allow adult use legalization of Mm -hmm. cannabis, you were one of the few out there that actually supported it. Can you first explain why you were so pro-cannabis at that time? Well, thanks again for being here, Jimmy. And you are correct. In fact, in 2016, I was the first and the only mayor to publicly support question four. And for me, it made sense for myriad reasons. Number one, from a criminal justice aspect, the war on drugs has been a massive failure in the United States and and globally, really. And so uh, not only has it been um, ineffective over the last several decades, but the impact it's had 
on people's life today, uh, black and brown communities in particular. And Holyoke's about 50% Latino, mostly of Puerto Rican descent. And so when we think about the folks in Holyoke whose lives have been hindered by prohibition over the last several decades, and that only through a legalized system, uh, I think, could we address some of the harms of prohibition. And then number two, as mayor of a gateway city, of a community that is also you know, nicknamed the paper city, a city that relied on industry, manufacturing, the first city in the country to make paper, the first planned industrial city, uh, a lot of those jobs with deindustrialization, globalization, uh, left the city. And so for us, we see this as an enormous workforce development opportunity and economic development opportunity. Uh, the dispensing, yes, but in particular, the, the cultivation, the, the growth of cannabis in some of these old mill buildings, creating potentially hundreds of jobs for Holyoke residents and generating the income we need to uh, continue reinvesting those things we need to invest in in our community. So when I put those two together, I thought, and when you look at the facts and the information, I mean, everybody that looks at uh, the information and data and statistics around uh, the cannabis industry and a tax and regulated system should come to the logical conclusion that we're better off as a society when we legalize and tax cannabis. Absolutely. Um, you grew up in Holyoke. Born and raised, yes. You are truly a favorite son here. I am. And <laughs> as a favorite son, I'm guessing that you had a very strong parental uh, unit uh, that helped you out. And, and tell me a little bit about your family and growing up in Holyoke, what was that about? Yeah, so born and raised in Holyoke, and I went through the public schools here. I was fortunate enough to become the first in my family to go on to college when I got into Brown University. And uh, my parents, I have uh, two other brothers. Uh, my mom was actually born in Long Island. My dad was born in Attleboro, and they both grew up here and moved here uh, as kids. Uh, they met as teenagers at uh, Whiting Farms, which is a public housing complex here in the city. And so they grew up relatively poor, but they worked their entire lives uh, to move up into the middle class. Uh, my dad's worked at a meat company in Springfield for 35 years, still there. Nice. And uh, my mom opened up a family daycare when I was born and did that for about 15 years. Um, and so, you know, we love the city of Holyoke. Uh, never did my parents imagine that I would one day become uh, the mayor. You mean you didn't grow up and in third grade when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grew up? You, you didn't say, I yeah. want to be mayor. Of the Not time. in the third grade, maybe in the ninth grade. Interesting. <laughs> uh, always involved in, in, in politics and government. And uh, my mom would always say, I don't know where you came from, Al. Uh, <laughs> you know, my dad would be watching ESPN. I'd say, put on CNN. I want to know what's going on nice. uh, in the world. And uh, I've always taken a liking to it, how I can give back to, to my community. And Holyoke, and one of the reasons I ran is people often talked about, you know, this. we used to have, you know, booming uh, downtown, right? Mm -hmm. We used to have all these manufacturing jobs. The schools used to be great. The city used to be safe. And people have sort of resigned themselves to the fact that Holyoke's best days were behind us, right? And I watched this narrative and internalized it growing up. And you start to believe, well, am I getting a good education in the public schools? As, you know, am I getting the greatest experience I can get in the city? And we're having these conversations at the very time we see the same people in elected office on the city council, on the school committee, in the mayor's office. And so for me, as I grew up and came into my own, went off to college, I, when when tasked with what do I want to, what did I want to do, right? I, I made the decision to come back to Holyoke and, and run for mayor. That's amazing. And at age 22, you ran for mayor and won, which is a tremendous accomplishment, you know, for your life at this point. Any regrets? Uh, not yet. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, if, not today. <laughs> <laughs> not today, that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
how, I would guess you're 22 years old, you're running for mayor in your hometown. You had to galvanize your friends and family, the family's mm -hmm. friends and all this. Yeah. Um, did you expect to win that race? I did, and um, and you out you you. I beat an incumbent. You right? beat the incumbent, and right. uh, you know she was sixty-seven, also a Democrat, <clears throat> and um, and it wasn't about her, right? So I didn't mm -hmm. run against her. I ran for something, and I think right. um, I could have been running against her. I could have been running against someone else that had been involved in Holyoke politics for so long. Because the the question really the voters were faced with is, do we want to continue the same? type of people with declining um, outcomes mm -hmm. in our public schools, crime going up, businesses leaving the city, um, or do you, do you wanna believe in a, in a different direction for the city, right? A long-term vision, someone that had the passion, the energy, and uh, the ideas to really get this city moving again. And uh, so I think when I announced that I was 21, people thought, well, you know, that's nice. A young person wants to get involved in politics. It's great. It'd be a great experience. Send a message, good right. experience. You right. know, you're not going <clears> to <throat> win this time, but, you know, it'll set you up for a nice city council run the next time around. And um, I knew that I, I didn't want to do this for fun, right? Like I, um, I wanted to, to win it. I wanted to win say, it. I, right? I wanted right. to run. And, and I knew that if I was going to do it, I needed to have great people around me. And I was going to work as hard as, I was going to work harder than anyone else. And that's what I did. I mean, we knocked on thousands of doors. I mean, people who've lived in Holyoke their entire lives for the first time they had a candidate for mayor knock on their door, sit in their kitchens with them, in their living rooms, have conversations. Uh, we mobilized young people for the first time. We got the Latino community really engaged and represented in, in our campaigns. Um, so it really was a true grassroots campaign, identifying our voters and getting them out to vote. Uh, and that made the difference. Uh, for too long in Holyoke, it was about who you know, what family you come from, um, folks sitting around in a boardroom and calling each other to put a sign up. But uh, it's really about having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and also providing a vision as to why you want to be mayor and where you think the city can go. And I think my opponents over the last seven or eight years have failed because they run against me instead of outlining as to why they want to be in this office. And that, by the way, that's one of the things that drives me nuts about politics, especially when it becomes the presidential world. Mm. Um, the negative ads that run, mm -hmm. I, I think they should be outlawed, to be honest with you. I don't want to hear what you're doing wrong. I want to, you tell me what you're going to do once and if you mm -hmm. get this job. And you find the, I mean, the voter, and the data suggests too, that when you're running, when you're excited about a candidate, you're not just upset about one candidate. You're much more likely to vote. You're much more likely to energize voters to come out when they're excited about voting for someone or for an issue that they're passionate about. So you can't scare people into voting. It just doesn't work. Right. And now you're in your fourth term. Fourth term, yep. And it was a two-year term, but now we're going for four. Yes. Yeah, so I did three two-year terms. And then in 2015, the voters were... Um, uh, Voters were kind enough to, to vote in support of a four-year term. And so when I won my fourth term in 2017, I won my first four-year term in the city's history. Congratulations. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, you know what? You're very well-spoken. Uh, and the fact that you went to Brown University, I'm not going to hold that against you. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not an Ivy Leaguer, but I did go to Tufts. So, yeah, you know, very good school. It is yeah, a very good, very school. good school. I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah. I was out there the other day. Um, the role that you see cannabis playing in your town and I really want to talk more about the, where the tax revenue, where you think the tax revenue should go. And once we actually have a uh, recreational facility in, in town. Where I think the tax revenue from the cannabis industry where should, should go. go. Where are you going to, you know what, here's a bundle of money, Mr. Mayor, and it's found money, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, where, where do you see the spend? Where do you yeah. think it should be spent? 
Well, I, th I think it's twofold, and I think we need to understand the economic reality of small cities <clears throat> like Holyoke that I think are chronically underfunded, where property values are lower, and so that has an impact on our school system, and also just maintaining public services, police, fire, Department of Public Works, um, the basic things that people expect from a city, right? So we, over the years, as I alluded to before, have seen you know, economic downturn over the last you know, several decades, and now over the last decade, we've seen a resurgence of small cities like Holyoke. People want to get back to an urban community. They want transit-oriented development. And so we've invested a lot in public infrastructure. We still have uh, more to do. Uh, but the cannabis industry in particular has replaced a lot of the jobs in industry that the city once relied on for its revenue stream to provide that level of public services that we provide and that residents um, are able to enjoy. And so first and foremost, I think it's making sure we can maintain the level of service we have. Second is how do we look towards the future and continue reinvesting in our community? So that's everything from public infrastructure projects you know, we've done uh, two phases of the Canal Walk, which is a public infrastructure uh, pathway along our three levels of downtown canals that helps mm -hmm. spur retail and commercial development, restaurants, art galleries, uh, new housing projects. Um, that's one example, continuing projects like that, uh, reinvesting in our, in our public schools. Um, I was at an event last week in Boston. Our public schools, due to the outdated uh, school funding formula. Uh, our schools are under, underfunded nearly $20 million. And so making sure every child, uh, no matter where you come from, get a great education in the Holyoke Public Schools, continuing to invest in, in public safety. Um, you know, Holyoke is a, uh, is a community that is doing well given the resources we have, but we could be doing so much more if we had more funds to invest uh, in those things that other communities have the luxury of doing. Do you know, and I, it's funny, I've done a lot of research, a little bit of research anyway, on Holyoke and the town mm -hmm. and the history. Um, I understand property values have gone up under your administration or sitting as Mr. Mm -hmm. Mayor. Uh, that's a great thing. Um, interesting story. I'm at a, um, seeing a doctor uh, yesterday <laughs> and there was a new reading initiative moving into the same space. And on the dry erase board was the Holyoke Public Schools. Mm. And it was a K through six reading program. Mm -hmm. And anyone who knows anything about education knows you have to start early yes. and embrace the learning experience and create it. Mm -hmm. So I know that the Holyoke Public Schools are being proactive yeah. because I met this, this, <clears throat> uh, this group that does uh, early early growth reading. Yeah, um, and, and over the last seven years, it's been a priority of our administration. So, you know, the birth to birth to seven years old in particular, mm -hmm. so by third grade, making sure that young people are on track for literacy. Yep. And you look at third grade reading scores, and that's oftentimes the determinant as to, you know, whether or not this young person's going to be successful, graduate from high school and go into college. And, you know, you have, you know, prison companies or whatnot looking at these third grade reading scores and predicting how many uh, spaces they'll need for our young people, which is criminal, right? So, I mean, <laughs> our zip codes, unfortunately, dictate oftentimes the destiny of our young people. And so those are, those are the things that we need to care about, is how can we change the outcomes for young people in our community uh, okay. before it gets to those points. So, yeah, early literacy is definitely something that we've, uh, we've uh, we focused on. That's great. And, well, that was Mr. and the Mayor, Alex Morse of Holyoke, Massachusetts. And I just want to, again, thank him for that. I also want to remind you that this podcast is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, the CLNSmedia.com network, and the video recording of it is on theweedtube.com. Uh, you should check out the 
cannabismultimedianetwork.com website. It's something I'm very proud of. I put this thing together over the last few weeks. I've got some of the biggest names in uh, cannabis involved with it, including Sensi Magazine, including Greenflower, Weed Maps, Leafly, and the MJ Headline News. As you probably know, I too am pro-cannabis and I support the cause. And I think the more you learn about what's going on, the more you will embrace this. And if you haven't tried it for the first time, get educated, walk into a recreational facility, ask your questions, they will have the answers for you. So with that in mind, again, we are supported by the Revolutionary Clinics in Cambridge and in Somerville, two locations where you can find some of the most educated patient advocates in the area. They always hold open educational nights, and I urge you to get involved with that. So for Mayor Alex Morse, our Technical Director Steve Helmuth, our Executive Producer Joyce Gerber, I'm Jimmy Young. We'll see you next time on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.